Hi, this is Jackie Phillips. Hi, this is Sifa Romaine. Welcome to Reset. On Power 91.1 FM WTYJ. Reset because you, you deserve, deserve it. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Reset. Jackie, great to see you today. Great to see it's you, It's a Steve very Bill. interesting shirt. I noticed the design on the collar and on the sleeve. Thank you. This is another Joelle Allen. That's awesome. Joelle uh, Allen Collection. Yeah. I love them. And and so she kind of put it together for you? She designed the shirt just for she you? She designed the shirt, yes. Wow. Not just for me. Show them, show them your collar. This is part of her new collection. Oh, I love The it. collar. I love your necklace too. Thank you. Can you tell me about that? My friend Jessica sells them soul in motion. She what, gave it to me it, for my birthday. It, it means wisdom. We can all use some yes. of that, right? Well, I've been praying for that, and then my book resets coming out. So she feels that I'm going to need a little more wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a lot of wisdom in the book. I've read it. I can there, tell you that now. I, I hope so. I hope so. But you know, it's a different. It'll be a different animal once it happens. So, it's coming soon. Yeah. yeah. Like, be patient out there. It's coming soon. <laughs> but we have an amazing guest. I'm so excited about Me tonight. too. Me too. She's my she's very friend. dear friend. Yeah. Yes. For a very long time. So I'm going to let you introduce her. Well, it's my dear friend, the beautiful, the magnificent superstar, Renee Braziano. I'm so thrilled to have you. Thank you, Renee. Oh, anything for Thank you for having me. I'm super excited, super excited to be working with Jackie again, and definitely you. Thank you. Yeah. It's a pleasure to meet you. I'm going to need one of those shirts, though. Definitely. Okay. okay. <laughs> My shirt or her shirt? Oh, I'll take one of each, please. <laughs> you look amazing, Renee. I'm so happy for you. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. I just picked up, uh, for everybody that doesn't know, I'm in treatment again. And I say again because I didn't get it right the last three times. But this time, I'm working my program, and I'm really proud of myself. I just picked up my six months, um, my key tag. And yeah, I know. It is. I'm on step 10. I've never been so proud of myself. Um, I had six months clean to me is like, it's got to be the best thing in my life right now. You know, I am expecting my first grandchild. And congratulations. Thank is that, you. Is that what's making the difference this time is that there's this outside motivation. What's the, what's making the big difference for you this time? Okay. Well, um, to start is I've never, I've never had such a low before I came into treatment and, um, I'm not embarrassed to say it, but I have to. My son had given me an ultimatum, either get clean or you won't see me and my son. Um, so for me, it was definitely my, it was, honestly, it was more my son than anything else because my son is my world. And I had to realize that I was putting everything before AJ and the baby. The baby, at first, it made me depressed. I mean, I was happy that my son was having a child. I'm happy because I know I, I love, but I was really upset because I'm saying I'm 47. I was being selfish. And that's what the um, disease of addiction does. It, it makes you think about you and not anyone else. And I was like, oh my God, I'm 47. I'm single. I'm never going to meet anyone. And that has always been a concern for me. Jackie knows that. And 
that's where I was. I was like, oh my God, what happens if I get a date now? I'm going to have to say, oh, I can't make it. I have to babysit my grandchild. Like that's where I, I know, but that's where I was. I was so selfish. It was about me, me, me. And when AJ had said that to me, I was like, okay. The next day we watched football together. Um, me and my son are huge Dallas fans. Um, he left, he kissed me on the forehead and he said, I wish you could always be like this. He left, I packed, I was on the next flight and I've been here since October 4th and um, I haven't left. Here. Where is here? Oh, I'm in Miami, Florida. I'm at Transitions Recovery Program, which I swear by. And uh, we'll, we can why talk did, why about Why did you choose them? Say again? Why did you choose them? Oh, first of all, it's a, it's, um, the owners are like family to me. But more so than that, um, I have a counselor named Renee. Mm -hmm. <laughs> She's a slightly older version of me. Oh, wow. Times 100. Um, <laughs> She keeps me on my toes. I wouldn't want anybody else in the world as a counselor. Um, she's very rough on me, mm -hmm. but anyone else, I would walk all over. She does not for one second give me the opportunity. Um, but transitions for me is a very safe place. I have some safety issues um, due to uh, my lifestyle. Um, you know, that whole underworld, and then on top of it, my ex-husband. So for me, coming here, I know I'm safe. I believe in them. Um, the first time I had come was back in 2010. And I came for 60 days. And for me, it was, I'm, I know I'm jumping all over the place. So Okay, I'll start with when I first came. So in 2010, I came. My sister said, coming 60 days. Um, the, the, okay. So Lee Barsham is the owner. His son, John, and his daughter, Joelle, are friends of mine and my sister. So at 60 days, I was like, okay, I'm fixed. Like, I really thought, like, I wasn't an addict. I didn't believe in it. I kept telling them, oh, I'm not like anybody else here. Oh, my God. Me, Renee Graziano. Like, do they know who I think I am? Like, that's where I was with my life. And um, Was that before our show started? Or that's right before. Like, I don't, you know what, it was 2010, and I don't know if it was right before, I think it might have been right before the show started, I tried yeah. to keep myself up. But that didn't last long, because I went haywire, yeah. um, and the show had a lot to do with it, to be quite honest. I mean, I've used for many years, um, but I didn't use pills. I, you know, I partied cocaine growing up, champagne, cocaine, that was like my era. Um, it wasn't abused, but I still used. Uh, and I didn't believe in addiction. I was like, no, I'm not. You know, I'm better than that. However, I most certainly am an addict. Um, but after the first time, I was like, I'm not an addict. That's that. That was in 10. Then in 2013, I came back down and I filmed here. Um, and I was very much aware then that I was definitely an addict. And um, we filmed here to let everybody know, not that I was just an addict, but the fact that I was hurting very badly. And to show, you know, everyone out there that people like me, you know, and um, I'm not bragging or boasting, but came from money, uh, reality TV star, 
it hits it hits home. It doesn't matter who you are, black, white, Catholic, Jewish, it hits it doesn't matter. It it does not discriminate this disease whatsoever. So I came and I and I filmed and my son came on and he did a session. And um we sat outside and um he told me that he was disappointed. He said that I disappointed him. And I never cried like that before. I cried from my belly. And um, he told me it was okay, that he loved me anyway. He loved me so much and I loved him so much that I did it again and again and again. And it was all about me. You know, I didn't, I didn't give a shit about nobody but me. And um, I'm only realizing that now like I never, I was always like, I love my son more than anything. Um, no, I didn't. I love my Xanax more than anything. I found out that I loved um, the pain of what men do to me more than anything. You know, I loved buying a person everything more than my son, more than my family, more than myself. I, um, I'm codependent. I've learned that here. I'm really codependent. I have a lot of issues with men. Um, you know, I have a lot of issues with buying things from men just so that like me. Um, I suffer from um, body dysmorphia. I'm constantly changing things about me. You know, my ex-husband, I'll go back even further. My first boyfriend at the age of 14 um, would say I'm fat, I'm ugly. By the age of 16, I had plastic surgery. By the age of 20, I did more. By the age of 23, I did even more. I constantly am changing things about me to, to make a man happy. And that's really sad because I never realized that I was beautiful. It was always, no, I, I have to be better. Well, look at this girl. And, well, look, my, he, my, my boyfriends would cheat on me and then say, why couldn't you be like her? And I'd be under the knife within like a week. And I would kept fixing and fixing. And it went from my face, my lips. I started doing like stuff at, at an older age, at like 40, I did injections. And then it was my stomach. And then it was a tummy tuck. And then it was liposuction. And then it was my ass. And then I, I literally died on the operating table. I, um, I flatlined. I lost 6.3 pints of blood. It caused me to get MRSA. It, um, they had to put... A, a stint in my arm. I am alert. I am uh, vancomycin resistant. They had a cold infectious disease. I was read my last rites twice. I was dying. And then after you know three months of this antibiotic, I had a nurse three times a day. It it was totally insane just to make someone happy, and it wasn't even for me. And I. I always say, oh, no, it's for me, it's for me. It wasn't. It was a complete lie. I put on every single mask I could possibly think of. And then after I healed, what did I do? I got on the table three more times. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't stop. Wow. Yeah. I didn't stop. I could say today that I'm very happy with my ass, finally. I'm not going to be fixing it anytime soon. Um, However, there are things that I still want to fix. Now I feel like a facelift. Now I feel like, you know, a breast reduction. So it's, it becomes an addiction within itself. You know, I don't use drugs to get high. I use, 
um, Xanax to isolate, not to feel. Um, I just had, um, you know, being clean for six months, I'm finally dealing with the PTSD from all the abuse from my husband. He, um, he has beat me, he has raped me, he has emotionally abused me, physically. He's done more damage to me than any, he actually, let me rephrase it. I've done more damage to myself than he has, but he's physically hurt me. Um, and I've buried it for 20 years. So I just recently had my first bout of anger after six and a half years of being medicated. And my counsel, Renee, made me go through it. Like she wouldn't, I was begging her to give me a Xanax. I was begging her, I, I need to have a drink. I don't even like to drink. Just so I didn't have to feel it. And, and she made me go through it for an hour to the point where I was scratching my arms, yeah. scratching my neck. Jackie knows me. When I get upset, I scratch. It doesn't matter if I take the skin off my arms. Yeah. I don't know how to deal with my emotions. Yeah. Um, it's so easy to take a pill. Excuse me. Well, I want to continue this, but I want the audience to know who you are, too. Okay. Billy just jumped right into it. And who is Renee? Before Renee was a global superstar on VH1's Mob Wives. Who is Renee? Who is this girl that you're telling us about that married this guy when she was young who did all these things to her? Who's that girl? Oh. Um, because then that don't make sense to tell our audience maybe they don't know who you are, but that you are a child of... You know, and it's high. Okay. This is like a, a sensitive question because I don't know who I am actually. I'm learning now. You know, I come from I come from money, but I come from um, the underworld. The whole obviously mob wives. You can figure out what I come from. Um, very strict. You know. Every boyfriend was like, you should be with me because nobody else wants you. So it was always that. I, I have a mother that's very enabling. Whatever my father said we did, um, guys would come over to take, us, take me on a date. And my father would say, keep your hands in your pockets. The guy would take me on a date. I knew it was my only shot. So whatever he wanted to do, I did. I became very promiscuous at a young age, knowing I was never going on another date. Um, I cheapened myself very young. Um, I feel that that's where I, my self esteem, my self esteem disappeared. You know, there. Uh, I heard today that um, you develop your, um, you you find out who you are between the ages of twelve and what was it? Um, it I'm going to ask Natalie because she's here with me. Between twelve and twenty four, mm -hmm. you find out who you are. Well, I was using between 13 and up, so I never found out who I was. I was Anthony's daughter. I was Junior's wife. I was AJ's mother. Then I was Renee Graziano, the mob wife star. Then I became Junior's, the rat's you know, ex-wife. I never knew who I was. I don't even really truly know who I am right now. 
Um, that's one thing that my counselor is working very hard. She wants me to be vulnerable, which I have a hard time because people use it against me here. I don't get along with females. Um, and when it comes to men, I'm very, I turn into my father. I'm very like um, defensive. So the vulnerability is hard. So if you ask me who I am today, today I can tell you I am a 13-year-old little girl who never grew up, who doesn't feel very good about herself, um, low self-esteem, don't really think highly of myself, um, trapped in a, in a world that I'm not too sure of. I would love to be, I would love to just be a kid for a day again, you know, just just be a child. I got, I was with my husband from 21 years old until, you know, I was with him for 20 years. I never had the opportunity to do many things. I had to be, you know, my father made us be strong and, and follow his rules. So we ate, you know, respect and loyalty and trust every day of our lives. I mean, the first time I learned not to rat, and this is a huge thing in my life, my oldest sister, my dad had this big piggy bank and he'd come home from a night playing cards and he would stuff it with hundreds and fifties and all of that. And he'd put change in it and loan money too, but he was saving it for like this day that he wanted to crack it open, probably have like 50 grand in it. But my sister, I was like eight, my sister would come and she would take the salad tongue, she would turn it over. Yeah, and the flashlight and she would pick out the big money. So I would be in the hall and I would play chippy to make sure nobody was coming. So I'd be like, nobody's coming. Okay, daddy's coming. And she would flip it back up and it would be okay. So my father finally gets ready to open it like six months later. So he's like, come on, Renee, get up up here. You're going to help me count. I'm going to teach you how to count today. I was like, oh, because my dad used to count like really fast. And I would be like, oh my God, this is so awesome. Yeah. So he cracks it open. And there's nothing there but and fives and tens and change. And let me tell you, this man was beside himself. And he said to me, Renee, where's the money? I said, Lana took it, Daddy. He smacked me right in my mouth. He's never rat again at eight years old. So at eight years old, he put a lesson into my head for the rest of my life. So now, even in rehab, this is what I do. I pick up for other people. Who did that? I did. It was all me. It doesn't matter. I always have to protect because for me, I can take anything that comes my way. I'm the one thing I know about myself is I'm I'm strong. Um, I've been through I've been through hell. I was sexually assaulted at 37 years old and put. I was in a in a, a ward for almost two weeks. Like they had to put me in a straitjacket because I lost my mind when this man sexually did some very foul stuff to me. So I can take anything that comes my way. And, you know, that's what that brings me back to transitions because here they do PTSD. They do hypnosis. Um, you have access to all of the counselors. I mean, I stay with my particular counselor, uh, which is one of the directors. So there's two, Marion and Renee. 
Uh, I usually have maybe two or three counselors because I get out of hand at times. Yeah. There's like this board that says male band, female band, shopping band, probation. So I've been on male band, female band, shopping band, probation. I've been pretty much on all bands, not at once, because then they'd have to put me in the corner and I couldn't talk to nobody. Yeah. <laughs> but I broke my bands. You know, I, have, I like to rebel. I don't like to follow rules because in my world, we don't, we don't have rules. They're our rules. Um, and that's something that, that's something they, they, they work with me, uh, work closely with me because I want to do it my way, my way and only my way, but my way has gotten me stuck every time. My way has made me sick. My way has set me back many years. If I would have gotten it right in 2010, I wouldn't be here in 2017. But I'm not mad that I'm here again. I'm actually grateful that I'm still alive in 2017 because there's been many times that I've made the decision that I didn't want to be alive anymore. Yeah. You know, you know, Jack, Jackie has, has been with me for eight years. I've told her I don't want to live anymore. I don't, I, I just got tired. I've got so tired, so tired of the pain. The pain gets so great at times that I, I want to give up. Um, however, God won't, won't quit on me. And um, when you say pain, are you talking about the pain of your addiction? The pain emotions. of not accepting who you are? The pain of not feeling like love? Like, what is the pain? Okay. Pain for, I accept who I am. I'm a drug addict. I'm good with that. I am a confused person. Um, the pain of not being loved, definitely. Um, the pain of being different than my, the rest of my family. I'm the only addict in my family. Um, the pain of not feeling pretty. Um, that men, that I always have to compensate for something. Um, I don't, I, I almost, and I know this is sad to say, but I feel worthless. No matter how many accomplishments I have, I have a sense of worthlessness and hopelessness. Um, Where do you think it comes from? Where do you think it stems from? Low self-esteem. I think it all re relates back to that for me. And I think that relates back to men. Because, I, you know, growing up, I wanted to be just like my mom and meet a man just like my dad. Because to me, my father was a superhero. You know, he took care of his family, his three daughters. You know, he took care of my mom. And my mom always catered to my father. So for me, I thought a great woman waits on her man, hand and foot. However, I didn't know what my father did when he went out the door. And now that I'm grown, I look at my mother and she's still waiting on my father hand and foot and he does not deserve it. I love my father, but I don't like some of the things he put my mom through. Yeah. I, my mom, I feel like, she, to me, she's the greatest woman, but I don't want to be her. And I don't want a man like my father. You know what I mean? Not for me. For her and him, it works. But for me, I don't want to be that anymore. Well, that's our era, though. You know, our Italian mothers, that, that was your job. 
you know, you were to be a good wife, you were going to stay home, you're going to take care of your husband and your family. And that is what you were supposed to do. That's how they were raised, you know? Well, I, I'm not saying that I don't want to take care of should I ever get married or have a boyfriend? I'm not saying that I don't want to oh, take no, I know that. I will still do as a woman is supposed to. However, I have boundaries. Yeah. You want to stay out all night? Stay out. Don't come back home. Do you know what I mean? And, and yeah. here I'm learning that I'm allowed to have boundaries. Like, okay, I'm a doormat. You know, I call myself that. I'm a doormat. I don't want to be a doormat. No. So we have gender groups here, which are so great because the women get to say whatever they want. And Renee runs one of the groups and she, she goes in and she speaks very rarely. Renee it was, is an, a, a recovering addict. She has 34 and a half years. She'll have 35 years, uh, July 29th. And I know this is actually uh, my grandmother died on July 29th. Um, Renee and I have so much in common. I, I truly love her. And then there's the soft side of Marion. Mar Renee gives it to you raw. Marion is a little lighter, you know. There's yeah. <laughs> all different different personalities, but it's great because you can pick who you identify mostly with. Um, it, it, I'm really learning about myself. You know, I'm usually one of those people I'll come in, I'll stay 28 days and I'll be like, okay, I'm going to do this, that, and then I'm going to leave. You know, I disrupt everything. I do the drama. Sometimes, sometimes I cause it. Sometimes it just comes to me. However, this time I didn't want to leave. Every time they would ask me, I'd be like, no, I want to stay a little longer. My son's like, are you ever coming home? I'm like, nah, I don't think so. Not yet. You know, I, I had told, um, I told everyone here, I would like to stay for a year, give them a year. I really want to be okay. I've never in my life wanted this more than I do right now. Yeah. So do you think that, you know, strength is a virtue, but mm -hmm. I think it's also been your curse. Yeah, I agree. Um, well, I have a lot of blessings and curses. Like <laughs> they, you know, for me, everything, like even the job, okay, mob wives, blessing and curse. It's my lifestyle, but it's punished me. You know what I mean? It gave me a big paycheck, but in the same breath, it's also caused me a lot of pain. And I mean, you know, and every time I've done it, I've ended up here. You know, this is actually like a safe haven for me. And I know. Every time she does a show. Yeah. It's a big show. It takes her What is it the about edge. this show that triggers you? Um, the, the betrayal. The betrayal from the women. Um, it makes me, it makes me sick to my stomach. It makes me want to use. I, I want to use. That's the only thing I can to numb the women. Like, it, I feel it coming on. Like it makes me sick. The the way that they are, they go around and they no one can tell the truth. You know what I mean? Nobody can tell the truth. And some people act and pretend. And here I am, and I'm telling you the truth. And and it always and they make me out to be the bad guy, and it bothers me. It bothers me a lot. It bothers me that my sister put all these girls to work and some of them don't appreciate it. You know, I, I live by a certain code. 
And when that gets disrupted, it disrupts me. Um, however, I'm grateful for the job. You know what I mean? The blessing and the curse. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, right now, I'm in just such a different place in my life. Uh, the emotions, you know, talking about emotions, what I find here in recovery is all of the people here don't know how to deal with their emotions. Like we have this big board up and it has all these feelings. And you have to, they make you identify what you're feeling. So, you know, when you're leaving, ciao. The owner's leaving. He trusts me. Would you imagine they trust me? Don't come back in here, John. <laughs> Look, wait, they're making something come in and sit with me. What am I going to do? I can't get in trouble on the computer. Yeah, you could. Yeah, I could. Imagine. Anyway, um, so they make you identify your feelings. And that, for me, um, identify. I'm, I learned that I'm a very angry person. They have a angry birds. And for some reason, I'm always on it. And I, I walked in and I was like, I'm not effing angry. Why am I on the effing board? Like, I just walked in and they were like, what do you mean? I'm like, you can call the effing angry? Like, why? And they were like, yeah, that would be the reason. It's just funny how people, I am angry. Uh, and I don't know why I'm angry so much. I don't know if I'm angry at my life, angry. At, I found out I'm angry at myself. I'm angry at myself for dealing with, with what has happened and not letting go sooner and, and not protecting myself and not stopping the drugs. I'm angry. You know, I'm angry that I, I use plastic surgery as opposed to going to the gym and diving. Like, I'm angry I took the easy way out sometimes. And I never realized that. I was just like, oh, it's all Junior's fault or it's all this one's fault. And that's a big thing when you... You stop blaming and take responsibility. You know, I'm always that spoiled. I said I suffer from SBRS, spoiled rotten brat syndrome. Okay, I made it up. I think it should go in the books. Um, a lot of people have it. You know, most of the people in treatment have a sense of entitlement. And it's, it's really, truly ridiculous what we do to ourselves. Like if you were to come here and listen to the stories be like did black jobs but it's this disease that we have and i i firmly believe right now that it is a disease oh, um, yes. yeah it is and it it stems from most of what we hear it stems from low self-esteem mm -hmm. um and it's from even like a, a i'm sorry have you forgiven yourself you said you were mm -hmm. angry with yourself. haven't you forgiven yourself not entirely not when you forgive, you will be free. When you forgive, you will be forgiven. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to, little by little, little by slowly, I'm, I'm getting it. They, you know, in a step uh, step four, what do we do in step four? We, we, write our moral inventory. we write our moral inventory and our resentments. So, yeah, I had a lot of resentments. And they, I, mine go as far back as, like, grammar school. These two girls that bullied me, and I remembered it. Like, like it was yesterday, and I felt it like it was yesterday. Um, and then you have to make amends. You know, what was your part in it? And I got up to my ex-husband, and I refused. I refused to make amends. And they're like, you have to make amends. You have to let yourself go from it. I'm like, I can't. 
I forgive him for what he's done to me, but not for what he's done to my child or to my father. You know, that's where I went into a brick wall. Like, no, I'm not giving you that. You know, that's my flesh and blood. And you hurt my whole family. But our child, he suffered greatly. So I can't, I can't find forgiveness for you. Although my son has found it for his father. I, for some reason, I can't, you know. But I'm learning here, you know. Like I said, transitions is a great place to be. Um, we have the we have more freedom than a lot of other programs. We have we get to exercise for three days. We have a beautiful pool. We live in our own apartments. I've never had roommates in my life. I have roommates. I feel a little bit like I'm in college. <laughs> you know, I cook for myself. I cook for people. Yesterday for Easter, I cooked for like forty people. My big oh, ZD, wow. my big ZD was gone. Uh, it's nice. We we each make a dish. Don't get me wrong. There's some drama in here. This is a reality show within itself. <laughs> I'm calling my sister like we need to do this. You know, <laughs> definitely. But I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Not at all. Yeah, you have an accountability partner, right? Come on, let let's meet Natalie. Here, I'm actually gonna stand next door. I'm gonna get to stand. Get in, get in the seat. Get hi, in the hot seat. Hi, hi, Natalie. Hi, Natalie. How are you? How are you guys? Welcome to reset. Oh, I'm scrunch down. You guys are accountability partners. Can you share with us how you support and encourage or help one another? Well, it's kind of nice because, as you guys know, we met each other three years ago. And then coming in here, I wasn't sure if she was here. I kind of heard she was, but I wasn't sure. And I love this place, so I had to come back here. Um, and when I came, I was like, is Renee here? And someone's like, yes. And you're just like, oh, my God, like, thank God, you know, just because we kind of connected last time I was here. She was only here for a month, but we, there was still a connection there. I was able to trust her and I don't trust easily. I also like come from a background and I'm very guarded, very reserved in my life. So the fact that I was able to open up to her and completely trust her was huge. And like, as far as accountability, you know, when I'm in the wrong, I would want her to tell me and vice versa. Oh, she's told me. Oh, yeah. yeah. She's told me. Well, you have to hear it, though. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> but you know what's really nice? I know her parents. Yeah. Like, our relationship is so cool that I've been to her home. Mm-hmm. Like, I call up parents, mom and dad. It's just so nice. And we're, we're from two totally Very different true. backgrounds. Yeah. And they're, it's a, she has a beautiful family. She's one of three sisters like I am. It's just really yeah, nice. Yeah, like this disease definitely doesn't discriminate. Like I do come from a high-class family as well. And like I grew up like that. But just like she said, I heard her before, this is a disease of low self-esteem. And like no matter how you grew up, you know, when people hear drug addicts, they usually think it's somebody on the street or like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But not necessarily. Like it could be your neighbor it could be like a friend that you know and you have no idea. So it could be all of that. It could be a teacher, your doctor. Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Andrew, do you want to jump in this? Actually, we have one more person here that I would love to <laughs> I would love you to meet, come on, Andrew. Okay, so Andrew is, yeah, let's go. You can't get red. Come on, Andrew. I, okay, so I love Andrew. Come on, 
Matt, here, let me, let me Come on. Room. So Andrew has a really awesome story. Who's, who's Andrew? Andrew. Uh, Andrew. Okay. <laughs> Andrew was a patient here, a client here, and now he works for them. So transitions is like really awesome. We love it here because it's a family. Isn't it a family? Don't you yeah. love it? Don't you love it? <laughs> I, I give him hugs all the time. He's like, Renee. But tell them, like, talk about transitions, why you love it here so much. Well, what do you guys want to know? <laughs> no, you just tell them how well, great. How long ago were you a patient? I was a patient from January through March in 2015. Okay. And then did you go to school to become a counselor and then you went back there or did you just stay the whole time and learn there as you went and got like counseling? Um, well, I went through their program for two months. It's typically a two month stay here. And when I came through here, I was at a point in my life that I was really ready to kind of stop the, uh, the drugs and alcohol, and it was a great start yeah. for, for what it's become so far. And, um, you know, I, I had to, one, I had been to a bunch of other rehabs before, and what would basically happen is I wouldn't follow through with any recovery-related anything, and I would go back into active addiction. And um, I, I was pretty young when I came in here, I was 22. And, um, I don't know, like it, to, to kind of like tell a 22 year old or a 20 year old, like, Hey, you, you gotta like change your life. Like it's, yeah. it's very difficult to well, like have the world vibe that you know what you're like, I got this. I'm good. Yeah. Just like, no, not really thinking about like, Oh, this could possibly kill me or stuff yeah. like that. You know, just very, really hard headed individual when I was a lot younger and you know when I came into transitions I kind of had a different mindset it was a little beat a little broken and I was a little bit more willing than I was the previous attempts so I relocated from Arizona to Florida and decided that I was going to stay out here and do my best with recovery and get a little job and keep going to the meetings and I, I stayed in this area. I ended up working for the detox that Transitions works with and I worked there until I got the job here. Okay, so he's a tech here. So basically he takes care of the patients and then he also, don't you also do something really nice at a halfway house? Yeah, I um, manage a sober living environment as well. Um, That's great. So yeah. would you say since you changed your friends, you changed your life, was that, do you think, the big pivotal moment also, like moving from Arizona to Florida, you changed your complete environment, has that made it easier to stay sober? Because there is challenges everywhere when you can meet the same when friends everywhere. you go everywhere. back to the environment. Yeah. I mean, definitely, though, like, it, it's, it's nice to have the opportunity to relocate. Mm -hmm. But you... Take yourself with you wherever you go. Um, there's obviously drugs and stuff in Florida as well, but I didn't fly out here to to do that anymore. Your you know? mindset was yeah. renewed. 
Yeah, so my association with Florida is not to use drugs here. So it's almost like a clean slate, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So, Have you gone back to your home since being out there, or you just stayed in Florida? Um, I have gone home to visit. He also just picked up two years. He picked up his two-year medallion just recently. Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank I you. love it. Clap on this show. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you, what do you think the real change was in you to, to make it work? Because you said you've been to a lot of rehabs. What was the thing about transitions that made it really stick for you? Well, when I got here, I, I started meeting the staff members that do what I do today, and a lot of them were in recovery, and a lot of them were running groups, and it was very easy to look up to them at the time and be like, oh, like I kind of like what this guy has to say, or I'm going to kind of follow this tech around and mm -hmm. go to the meetings that he takes us to, and I just... You know, recovery, you, you kind of, it's almost like copycatting the last person. Like, oh, yeah. I'm going to do what they do so I could get what they have. And it's, it's been cool to, to do that and to stay in touch and to kind of stay around in this area. And then now I get to be on the same team as them. Yeah. And it's like, I get that now just like I was two years ago. Like I get people that they're pretty headstrong about following me around. Yeah. That's so, remarkable. Yeah. It's, it's cool because I, you know, I, I uh, was involved in such bad behavior before I came out here and I was doing a lot of, a lot of bad things and to completely change my life around and to have people that are, attracted to me to get like messages on Facebook like hey I just want to let you know even though I'm not in Florida anymore like you really helped me out while I was there that stuff it's like oh my god like I don't I get sometimes I don't realize the impact I could have on people so how much does exercise play a role in your recovery I know we, I used to have a program uh, in a center here in New York where we did Tai Chi and uh, exercise martial arts with them do you guys do a lot of exercise or physical training? Is that part of the therapy that you guys are getting there? Um, they have a gym here that they let them. They One of our um, older techs, he's like really into the gym and stuff. And he sits there and watches them and helps them out with that. I've been boxing. Yeah. Yeah, I posted yeah. on my Instagram so everybody could check it out. Renee Graziano. So on my Instagram, I've been hitting the bag. I've been pretending it's my ex-husband, so I get some beef. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they told me to do to get my anger out. So I'm gonna print yeah. this picture, put it all over the thing, and hit it in every way I can. No, we we have treadmill. We have. Um, I've been deadlifting. I've been doing like things. Yeah, that way I could carry the body. No. <laughs> <laughs> Put that one on my fourth step, fifth step, ninth step. <laughs> no, it's really good. We have a pool. We can swim. The weather is magnificent. That's why I have this great tan. Yeah. Um, right. We can go to the movies. We go bowling. Yeah, I swear I feel like I'm in college. Wow. Yeah. No, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Yeah, it is. I'm very grateful for the opportunity. Yeah. So 
like for you, since you're, you know, you're a man, did you, do you experience the same things as Renee as not feeling love for yourself at a young age? What triggered you to start using it at such a young age? Was it the same thing, low self-esteem, or is it something different? Well, um, up until I was 15 years old, I was, I was raised by my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and my dad like wasn't in the picture at all. And when she, when I was 15, my mom passed away. Oh goodness. I'm sorry. And it was very devastating to me at the time. And I just kind of felt like she was like the only person that I had, even though I do have other family members that care about me a lot. And today um, have a great relationship with all of them. Um, you know, I, when I was young, it was just, it was very difficult to, to kind of accept what had happened. Like I kind of felt like I, I lost a big part of my life, like a, almost like a security blanket. Like my mom was like my whole world. Yeah. So it was, a, you know, I struggled with depression. I, I got really quiet after the death. Like I wasn't really open to talking to anybody. I wasn't really outgoing anymore. I kind of just like lost it a little bit. Like my high school years were were pretty sad and miserable all the time, just like going to school and stuff. And just felt really alone, you know? So, you know, when I, when I kind of like found the drugs and stuff, I, I didn't have to feel like that anymore, but my life became extremely unmanageable while I was using drugs. So what's, what's something that different that could have happened for you now looking back, what if a teacher would have gotten involved or a, a counselor at school? Do you think that would have helped you? Or do you think you had to go through this to get to where you are now? You know, I don't um, regret the past at all because I've definitely gotten a lot more out of the eight years that I was doing what I was doing and can take that experience and help other people with it. Yes. You know, when I tell the story in groups, there could be one or two people that know what it's like to lose somebody that they love and stuff like that. And every once in a while I get somebody that's like, I completely relate to your story. I want to talk to you more about it, you know, stuff like that. And, I'm extremely proactive with my recovery today. And like, if anybody ever wants help like that, like I'm always there for them. And it's a big difference compared to like what I used to be. So well, you're using your pain for purpose. So yeah. congratulations. it's beautiful. It's awesome. You're a blessing, you know, every day to people. That's why I hug you all the time. <laughs> She loves to hug, you know. <laughs> Only people she likes, though. See, I told <laughs> Jackie knows me. Jackie knows me. Yeah. If she don't like you, she's not <laughs> hugging you. <laughs> oh, I know. I know. <laughs> oh, he knows. He's yeah. constantly writing something. Like, I'm always in some sort of argument with somebody. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that you did this. Thank you, Renee.
So before we go, and we have a little bit of time left, tell me, what are you up to? I know you were just on Celebrity Marriage Boot Camp. T tell everybody what you've been doing. Okay, so since Mob Wife, I've done Celebrity Big Brother, I've done Celebrity Marriage Boot Camp, and I have another show coming up. I start filming in June. I can't tell you what it is, but but get ready. It's another one, and I'm really proud. As soon as I have the information, I will let you know. I still have my jewelry company, um, and that's uh, um, ReneeGraziano.com. Um, I'm wearing one of the lovely pieces. It's a choker because I can't choke up, so it's a choker. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find me on Instagram at Renee Graziano, also Twitter at Renee Graziano. You can see I post for um, transitions, so you'll see a lot of things about um, the program there. And um, I'm going to be a grandmother within two and a half weeks. That baby's going to be here. Um, yes, and um, I'm ready. I'm ready for life. Slow and steady this time. Slow and steady. Okay, good. I was just going to ask you, so what would you tell somebody who needs to reset their life? Somebody who's struggling with addiction, but isn't necessarily, they're not getting the help. They want the help, maybe, mm -hmm. or they think they need the help, but they're not there yet. Okay, 1-800-626-1980. That's what I would tell them because I can't give any more advice, but then if you need it, reach out for it. It's here for the taking. Um, and the best way to get it is by talking to professionals because they have better answers than I do. You know, I wasn't a person to ask for help. I finally asked for help. And I'm getting help. I went to professionals, not my girlfriends, not my mom and dad. I went to the people that can give it to me. And Transitions Recovery Program definitely has everything that we need here. Yeah. Well, the only other question I want to ask you before we go. Okay. I don't want to ask both of you, and it's not to be depressing, but, you know, we all, I think, have that issue of loving ourselves. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in my book, I always say, like, before you can fly, and the acronym for fly is first love yourself. Yes. Fly. Do you know what the first moment was when you realized you didn't love yourself? And do you think you love yourself now? Because you're oh. loving the problem away, that's for sure. Okay. The first moment I realized I didn't love myself. Oof. It was probably somewhere in my 20s um, when my ex-husband compared me to a stripper he was sleeping with, definitely. Um, actually, no, I'm sorry. I was in grammar school. I got invited to a boy-girl party at Michelle Mayano's house. I'll never forget it. I got there. She told me I wasn't invited anymore because I wasn't pretty enough. Um, I was in seventh grade. Um, my ex-husband didn't make it any better. And do I love myself now? I like myself now. Do you believe you can love the problem away? I believe I can. I'm learning. I have to stay in like with myself right now. Saying I'm going to love myself tomorrow is way too soon. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Slowly, slowly. Right now I like myself. And right now that's, that's a lot of progress for me. Thank you.
So yeah, it's a it's a process. It's a process, sure. Yeah. You know, when you were talking before and you were saying, oh, I don't know who I am. And I was say, thinking to myself, I know who you are. Tell me. You're the girl that I met in that cold basement that first day we started filming all those years ago. You're the girl that gave me her coat because I was freezing. You're the girl that gave me a Bible book because I was going through my first reset and I started crying hysterically to you and I didn't even know you. And I couldn't even believe I did that because I'm not a crier. I mean, I am more now, but in those years I held it all in. You're the girl that encouraged me to do a reset and you're the girl that kept encouraging me to do it. And you're a light. So I don't see the girl you see. I see that. You're strong, you're loving, you're compassionate, and you're so beautiful. And I always told you how beautiful you are. Thank you, Jen. So don't believe the bad hype. Believe the good hype, because there's lots of us girls that love you so much. Thank you. And I love you very much. Know that about yourself. Thank you. Very proud of you. Thank you know what I'm the most proud of? I'm the most proud, and I'm going to cry, but I'm the most proud that you're not giving up and you have the courage. Who cares how many times it takes? Every time is important and you learn something new. So don't get caught up in, oh, it's three, four, or five, whatever it is, or whatever. Be conscious of this moment because your mindfulness will get you through it and you're learning something new about yourself each time, and that's so important. I'm we trying. all flip up with all kinds of stuff, believe me. <laughs> so I'm really, really, really proud of you. Thank you. I know God got me. God got you, girl. Yeah. Thank you. Kind and bright because, <laughs> you know, this is talking to someone right now, and you are a testament to someone, and they won't give up because of you. Because they'll go, oh, Renee, she did it, I can do it. She keeps trying, I'll keep trying. I pray it's important to keep trying. You never fail until you stop. Yeah, so that's great. Yeah. I'm not a quitter. You're not a quitter. Not a quitter. <laughs> right? Thank you. Thank I you so much. I love you too. Hang on. Thank you so much. sharing your testimony yeah. too. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. Take care of my friend. All right, I will. Yes. <laughs> Okay. About whatever you want in your new project, you know, when that happens, when you're Thank allowed. You. Thank right. you. Love you. Love you. Love you. We want to reset because, because you deserve it. it.